to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Praise the Lord. All right, just go to 1 John chapter 5 here, first of all. And I want to talk at you a little bit. Little John now, 1 John chapter 5, towards the end, back by Revelations, not the other one. Not big John, you'll be in the wrong place. First John chapter 5, I just want to... I'd throw a caution out this morning, the Lord put on my heart as I got up this morning, that you've got to come to a place where you do not get, you've got to come to a place where you don't get callous from hearing the same thing over and over again. Because what you hear here, you don't hear in a lot of places. What you hear here, you can't turn on the radio and hear about the power of God living on the inside of you and you actually having a purpose to do something with it. You'll hear a lot about sin. You'll hear a lot about failings. you hear a lot about these things. I found out basically what you preach, you get. So I don't preach a lot of sin because you can get that without me helping you. So I preach victory and I preach power because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. But a lot of people have never heard this. A lot of people will never hear this. But you get to hear this all the time. And it's just as dangerous to hear it all the time as it is not to hear it at all. Because sometimes when you hear it over and over again, you say, oh, power. Yeah, I got power. Hallelujah. Jesus lives on the inside of me. Glory to God. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. It's Sunday morning. I'm going to go hear about that again. But sooner or later, you're going to get a revelation of it. And when it gets through your head, I mean, some heads are thicker than others. It sort of chips away. Until it gets through that. Once it gets into your spirit, that word will become super alive to you. Until it does, it will excite you, but then you'll go away and basically leave it behind you again until you hear it again. And then you hear it again. And then you hear it again. But once it penetrates in you and you understand that, my God, I've got power. I've got the glory of God over me. I've got a purpose. I've got a plan. Then anytime anybody even mentions something close to that, it will excite something on the inside of you in your spirit. Say, in your spirit in the real you. When it's in your soul, it comes and goes. It's just like the natural things. Oh, if we just had a new car, it would be great, and you get a new car, and three weeks later, you couldn't care less whether you had a new car or not, but for three weeks, you were all excited about the new car, and then it passed away, and you didn't care if you got it or not. Let's have a condo by the beach. You get a condo. You look out the window every day, see the ocean, and three weeks later, you never even look out the window, and you don't care if the ocean's there or not. That's what happens physically, but it also happens on spiritual stuff that's trying to get through to you into your spirit. You get all excited about it when you hear it, you dance, you jump, you sing, and then the next day you're depressed because it's not got through your soul yet into a revelation on the inside of you. Once it becomes a revelation, if anybody even mentions the power of God, you're, you're, you're all once there's backflips going on. You know what I mean? It's in here. It's not up here. There are backflips in there and twirlies and everything else because you hit something in there that you are really starting to understand and get a revelation of beyond your feelings. And all at once when that's preached you, it gets you excited. So if you're coming here every week, I mean, most of you are here basically because of what we preach. Is that right? We could preach everything, you know, be good today and be good this week and Jesus is going to love you again this week and come back next Sunday and then you won't get spanked by the devil and everything will be fine. But the kingdom of God is never going to advance like that. 
The kingdom of God is only going to advance when people get a hold of the power of God that they have on the inside of them and in their lives, and they start demonstrating that power over the forces of darkness. The sons of God are here for one reason, that's to destroy the works of the devil. And to do that, first of all, you've got to do it in your own life. Because there's always workings coming at you. The Bible says, give the devil no place. That means in your mind, in your body, anywhere in your life, you want to keep the devil out of it. And then when you do that, you can help other people. I mean, no, that's what we're here for. The Bible says you are an ambassador. Say ambassador. ambassador. What are ambassadors? Ambassadors are sent from a foreign country into another country to express the opinions and the ideals and the, and the will of the other country. How many of you know you're from another country? You're not from here. You're going to end up here, but that's not where you're from. You came from heaven, sent here by God to do a work here as an ambassador. And that ambassador always agrees with the person who sent him to be an ambassador. That's why we can't change the gospel. We can't change the word. We can't change any of that stuff. Even if you want to, you can't. All you can say is my country's position is, well, what do you think about this? Well, it doesn't matter what I think about it. My country's position is this. Amen. That's what ambassadors do. Right. Well, what do you think about this? Well, I, you know, I don't really think about it much because my country's position is. That's why you need to study and learn your country's position That's right. That's right. so that you can tell people what the country position is. Well, I just believe right now that if you want to, you should live together for 10 years and then get married. And what do you think about that? Well, I think my country's position is. And as long as you're given your country's position out of here, the only person they can really get mad at is the one who gave you the position. Come on, am I right? Hey, don't get mad at me. He said it. Don't get upset at me. That's what God told me. That's what God told me. And I'm just telling you what God says. You claim to be a Christian. You claim to be somebody, you know, who loves God. Well, then if you love me, you will obey me. So we're ambassadors. And I found out once you start acting like an ambassador in your dealings and in everything in your life, and you study ambassadors, basically ambassadors are part of the country. In other words, I am part of the kingdom of God. Wherever I go, the kingdom of God goes with me. Wherever I'm at, I make an influence of the kingdom of God where I'm there. Wherever it's at, I go there. So I'm an influence of the kingdom of God. And in the natural realm, here's the way it used to be. It's not so much anymore. But if you're an ambassador in another country and somebody comes against you, the whole country, the whole country sends all its forces into that other country to take care of you, to protect you, to do everything. Now, that's changed recently. We've had some ambassadors who were shot and killed, and we couldn't care less. That's not ambassador, and that's not kingdom. So when I'm walking in this world today as an ambassador, I've got the whole army. Nobody's listening this morning. I've got the whole army. I mean, Jesus is going to be crucified, doing the will of the Father. There he is. And he says, you know what? I could just call back to my home country, and they'd send a bunch of legion angels tear off all your ears, much less the one that was cut off. Why is it? He understood being an ambassador. That's what it is. I found when I'm an ambassador from another country, I don't pay for anything. The country's responsible. My God, help me. The country's responsible to take care of my country club, private school for my kids, everything that I own. The government takes care of everything. So Jesus comes along and says, why do you worry? about what you eat and what you drink. Don't you know you're an ambassador from a foreign country? And that foreign country up there is going to take care of every single thing in your life. It's going to protect you. It's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. As long as you're fulfilling your call as an ambassador, 
But if we're not, we're going along with the world. Whatever the world says, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, male, female, dog, cat. We don't really know the difference. Praise God. That's just the way it is. You're not going to be able to receive from the foreign country because the country up there of heaven only gives ambassador things to ambassadors. Are you following me? And we have a lot of people who are not acting as ambassadors in the church right now, and they wonder why they're not receiving anything. Well, it's obvious to me why they're not receiving anything, because they're giving the world's view on everything rather than God's view on everything. Now, will you get in trouble by giving God's view? Yes. Praise God. Yeah. People will get mad at you. Well, praise God. The Bible says if they don't like you, you should be rejoicing. How many know your feelings don't say, let's rejoice, they're cutting me down again? No, no. You should be getting in a little trouble where you're at. They should be calling you fanatic. Holy roller. Crazy on Jesus. No, they're just mad because they're not doing what you're doing. Come on. We're different. We're different people. I'm different than people. Is the world falling apart? Yeah, but I ain't not part of that world, praise God. It don't make any difference to me. Is everybody getting shot? And then Not me. I've got protection, praise God. Shoot through my angel. Good luck to you. It's not going to work, praise God. Come on now, we've got to start getting heavenly minded rather than earthly minded here. You're not a loser like everybody tells you and in the future you're going to become a winner. You're a winner right now because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And nobody wants to take advantage of it. Well, someday, someday. How long have you been in church? 50 years, but someday. My God, you better hurry up. The old clock's ticking. And you're going to end up leaving and going to heaven. Then you're going to be in victory. Yeah, but you don't need victory up there. It's already there. See, so we've got to change our mentality a little bit. We've got to understand who we are and what he's done for us in our heavenly position. The Bible says you're a king. Yes, that's right. I never saw any king come on TV and say, I'm very worried about whether we're going to have enough for food today. Just panicking. No, because you're a king, the Bible says. The Bible says he saved you. He washed you in his blood. The whole church says, hallelujah. And then it says, and made you kings and priests. They say, oh, no, no, no. That's not in the word. That must be from someplace else because I'm certainly not a king and a priest. I'm a loser, but I'm going to be a winner. I'm a failure, but I'm not going to be a failure my whole life. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to change your failure situation? See, in order to do that, you need to change your position. See, the kingdom of God not only gave us a bunch of things, it gave us a position, a heavenly position as an ambassador, as a king, praise God. And you should walk around with your head up a little bit, praise God, hallelujah. You shouldn't be walking around down and out and everything else and everybody looking at you and saying, oh, there they go, the poor people, let's do this. You don't need sympathy from anybody, praise God. You don't have to manipulate anybody to get anything because your source is not anybody here on the earth. Your source comes from heaven itself and from your Father, and you don't have to be reaching out to other people just to be liked, praise God. You're not going to be liked. Let me just plain it to you. You're not going to be liked by everybody. Well, I got in the ministry and then nobody liked me. Good, you're probably doing good then. Yeah. Glory to God, you're on the move. You got a good church. You got three people, find three more, you'll have six. No, but everybody wants to be liked and everybody wants to be loved. Nobody wants to preach anything that hurts anybody's feelings. And everybody, I'm tired of the feeling realm, I'll be honest with you. Because there's a realm people are stepping in right now. It's been there the whole time. See? It's like electricity was available the whole time. The only problem is nobody hooked into it. Well, now people are starting to hook into the power of God and hook into their position. The Bible says you've been raised and seated in heavenly places far above. Oh, principality. Oh, that devil. He's just always after me. He's keeping me from doing everything. Well, that's your confession. See, everybody's so worried about the devil. I'll worry about this. Did Jesus defeat him or not? You've got to make up your mind. 
Is the devil defeated or not? Did he spoil principalities and powers and make a show of them openly and triumph over them, or did he not? He did. The devil's a defeated foe. It's just with the words of your mouth, which are smelling salts to him, because you're raising him up off the canvas half the time with your mouth, making him out to be something big, something monstrous, something... He's a defeated devil. The Bible says at the end, people are going to say, is this the one that deceived the... Is this, this thing here is the one that deceived? I can't believe he was deceiving people. I can't believe he was doing it because he's already defeated. Your big brother slapped the snot out of him. <laughs> You've got to understand, he whipped him and whipped him badly, praise God. Hallelujah. And he claims you're victorious. Hallelujah. Will you have trouble in this world? Yes. People say if everything would just change to be good, get over it. It will in the next life. When we're back on the new earth and the new heavens, then we're not going to have all these difficulties. But that's where you're going to. Everybody wants to die and go to heaven and be with Jesus forever. You're not going to be up with Jesus forever in heaven anyway. You're going to come right back to the earth and do the original thing that God told us to do to get down here and be rulers on this earth. That's where you're going to end up. He never changes anything. He never says, well, man screwed up, so we might as well just try something different. Let's write a new story. No, it's already written, praise God. And in this church right now sits people who are full of the power of God, full of the anointing of God, full of the wisdom of God. I've only been coming here two weeks. You know more than 90% of the other people already. It doesn't matter where this country is located to the other country and how long it took Jesus to walk from this country to the next country and how many rocks he stepped on on his way there. And those things don't matter. What matters is what God did for you. And I'll tell you what, when you got born again and entered the kingdom of God, there was a change, and it's not, it was a right then. Say right then. Look at that. I went from an alcoholic drunk, struggling along in the world on December 21st, 1985, went into the confessional, confessed my sins, the power of God hit me, I got born again. I went immediately from a loser to a winner. Satan was no longer there. He was underneath my feet then, that day, that very day. Not after I went to church for 35 years and somebody told me about it. Somebody had told me about it so I could realize what happened, so I could take advantage of what happened to me that day. So it's an instant miracle. Everybody looking for a miracle. Look in the mirror. You're a miracle. You're a miracle. You're a brand new species of being that never existed before. Yeah, we've been changed. We're changed people. We're not somebody you want to mess with. Come on. We're full of the power of God. We're full of anointing God. We got a Papa Daddy who takes care of us, praise God. Hallelujah. We got a Father who wants us to do what he sent us down here to do with the power of God. And that's what revival's all about. You can't keep going hot and cold and hot and cold and hot and cold. Either get in revival or get out of revival. Make up your mind. There's nothing worse than having the revival on the inside of you and, and walking like you're down and out all the time. You've got a fire on the inside of you. You've got a flame on the inside of you. You've got something on the inside of you that's bubbling up on the inside of you the whole time. And every now and then you get a little touch. And boy, you're excited then for a little bit, aren't we? Woohoo! Take over the world. But then you let the world come in and beat you up. You let the world come in and knock you down. You let the world come in and pretty soon you're right back where you were. But when you were hot, you saw all these people. Then they saw you a week later and they wonder what the heck happened to you. Because you're not hot anymore, you're not. Nothing on the inside of you, up and down. There's a challenge to staying in revival. In heaven, I'm sure there's not. Everybody's just revived up there. But the day that you got born again, you stepped into revival. You were revived. You were dead, and now you are alive. And when you're alive that day, you have the responsibility to walk in that, to live in that, to be in that. It didn't go anywhere. The problem is you let everything come in and block that on the inside of you, and there it sits on the inside of you. I remember when we used to be up north and we used to, in the wintertime, we'd burn wood 
to provide warmth. And if you went away from your fire a little bit and then you came back later on, it would be real almost cold and it would have this white ash over it. Anybody ever see that? And notice, all you had to do is take that poker, say poker, and you'd poke that log and all this ash would fall off. And underneath, I said, under, I mean underneath there, you want to roast a marshmallow, brother, you're ready to go. I'm telling you right now, that hot dog ain't going to take long. You get down by those things. But many of us get ash on us. We've got this ash all over us. There it is on us, and we're all ashed up. But on the inside, boy, there's this fire burning in there. But you're all ashed up. You run into somebody that needs saved, but you're too ashed. I'm busy being ashed today. Don't tell me your problems. Fine pastor, he probably kicked his ash off maybe this morning. See, not even thinking about anything spiritual. We're thinking about things natural. What's going on? What's happening? Oh, what happened over here? Oh, what's going on over there? The bad thing over here, the bad thing over here. And that ash just keeps getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And notice, it's not anybody's responsibility to be unashed, but yours. See, and you're not going to be loved. If you ever read the story of Samson, how many know Samson lived in revival? A lion came to him. You know what he did? He grabbed him and ripped him in two pieces. How many know that'd keep the lions away? Yeah, that's what he did. He ripped him. He ripped a lion right away and walked in the power of God. And then he started taunting the Philistines. How many know the Philistines were the devil? So he's taunting the Philistines. He's, beating, he's lighting foxes' tails and sending them in their fields and burning everything up that's there. And they're getting mad at him. And then his own people came to him and said, would you quit picking on the devil? Would you stop it? You're going to make him mad. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to bind you up from picking on the devil because you make the devil mad. He's going to come after us, and we don't want anybody coming after us, so we're going to bind you up. And how many know all he did when they bound him up was just with the power of God on the inside. He kicked a little ash off, and he just ripped out of that thing right there, took the jawbone of an ass. How do you like that? Do you have a God? No, i got a jawbone of an ass. On your front door security, jawbone of ass in here, please. People say, what? That's a matter. I ain't going in there. They're crazy. It'd probably work. <laughs> hey, he took a jawbone of an ass. He just started killing thousands of Philistines. You know what keeps you from being in revival a lot of times? The jawbone of an ass. Boy, that was good, wasn't it? That should make 50 people mad. Yeah, right here. The jawbone of this ass is what burns me out a lot of times. Right here. Come on now. Come on. Defile our whole body. I just don't know today. It just isn't working today. I just don't feel like it today. I just don't know what's going on today. I had revelation yesterday, but I had revelation today. Oh, I just don't feel good today. So call somebody, help me. Oh, poor you. And then we do the pity party routine for them and make them feel even worse than they feel right now. You better come to a point where you get mature enough where you got a problem. Somebody takes the word of God and just smacks you right upside the head. Because if they love you, they want to bring you out of that, not join you in it. How stupid would it be to come up to a hole with some, one of your brethren down in the bottom of the hole and instead of throwing them a rope saying, I'll come down in the hole with you and spend some time with you. No, we're supposed to be pulling them out of the hole. Come on now, we're not supposed to go down there with them and whine and moan and no, that's not the way it works. We're different. We're going to change people. And that's why we have a little community here. Because you call certain people, certain people may just tell you what the Word of God says and straighten you out in truth. And I'll tell you what, you may be tempted to be offended. I'm just saying you may. I'm not sure. Just going out on a limb. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be offended at first, but if you spend a little time and listen to the Spirit of God, He's going to say, I sent them with the word that you needed at that time. Amen. See, if I start getting low, I hope somebody kicks me. 
I hope you got enough respect for me as a pastor to kick me, even though they call me pastor. That's why I call you PT instead of pastor. See, it's hard to kick a pastor, but you can kick a PT. See, we don't want people down in the dumps. We don't want people falling apart. We don't want that stuff, praise God. And I'll tell you what, this is not a good message for a lot of people in the church because they don't want this kind of lifestyle. They don't want this responsibility. They just want to get saved and go to heaven and do the best they can. But I'll tell you what, there's a group of people who are rising up out of the denominations and out of the ashes, and they're coming forward right now in the power and the glory of God. And they're getting a revelation because they've got ears that are going to hear for a change rather than block this stuff out. And they're going to believe the word of God as it's printed. They're going to understand who they are by the power of God. And it's, going to, it's already started. But how many knows it starts with you now? It starts with us in our own community. If each one of us would go out and get two, three people saved and healed and every... I mean, look how many guys we got. Add two, add two, add two, add two. And I don't care if they come to church or not. They need to be in a church. And don't get me going there. Get me over there. We don't need churches anymore. Those pastors are just idols. One man shows. I'm getting a little tired of that. I've got to be honest with you. I don't get tired of too much stuff, but I'm tired of that. If you don't want to be in a church, don't go into church, but don't try to get other people to get out of the church and then ruin their lives because you're going to pay for it someday. And nobody's idolizing their pastor in here. People say, why don't you ever talk about genders? I think everybody in know, knows the difference between a man and a woman in here. Is this where we got to go to, to teach you guys? A boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. Come on now. My God. If you're a real pastor, you'd be talking about that stuff. I would be too if I had a bunch of babies in my church and didn't even know if they were a man or a woman. I'd be spending all day in there. My God. Change your diaper, would you, and get it over with. I don't feel it's something I need to address. I don't have to address you whether abortion's right or wrong. My God, you know that by now. You know it's not right to kill babies. Goodness sakes. So we don't address that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, most of the people, they address it. Everybody's amen in them. Amen. Amen. With the weave. Amen. Yeah, well, you can amen that stuff, but that ain't helping you. You knew that before you came, and they're just teaching something you agree with. I want to teach stuff you agree with, but I want to teach stuff you don't know amen. and that your mind disagrees with. Yes. So you got to once in a while, you're going like this, and you go, <laughs> when I'm teaching, think, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going back to that church again because that pastor's crazy. No, there's fire of God on the inside of each and every one of us. And it's starting to burn, I'm telling you right now. Praise God. I'm telling you, it's happening. It happened in the Old Testament. It's happening right now for those people who desire it. The Bible in Peter says, be careful because there's a war against your soul. What about Russia? What about Ukraine? What about your soul? That's an everyday fight going on in your head right now. It is a fight to get up early and read the Bible. It is a fight to pray in tongues. It is a fight to talk the word of God. It is a fight to proclaim healing when you feel like nothing. And the war is right here. That's the main war, right here on your soul. So the Bible says there's a war against your soul. You've got to make that fight each and every day. I've been around people a long time now. I was in the revival 30 years ago when Rodney came down and people got touched, and that's when I really got touched and found the fire of God on the inside of me and everything else. And I've ran into some of them people since, and I'll tell you what, they are plumb out of fire. Why is that? Because of the war that came against their soul. They did not fight the good fight of faith. They did not fight the battle when it got tough. They did not to go forward, praise God, hallelujah. And everybody gets mad about people stabbing them in the back. The only time you get stabbed in the back is if you're in the front. Just stay in the back. You won't have to worry about it. Amen. Ain't nobody behind you anyway. Come on. 
But you go out and you're a pioneer and you start stepping out front and you start going out front and you start going forward, you're going to get criticized by everybody in the world, praise God. But you're going to understand if you're going to be in the front, that's just the way it is. So if you don't want to get a pandit or an opportunity to do it, just stay way in the back. Just say, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. And that's it. Don't get anything else. Don't understand anything else. Don't do anything else. But we're not going to stay in the back anymore. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those wounds heal if you let them. Yeah. What do you do? You pray for that person and you love them. And that's a hard thing. How many of you know that's a hard thing? You've got to be an adult to do that. I'm telling you right now. Unless you're going to pray, kill him, Lord. <laughs> then you're still a child. I'm supposed to pray for them because they attack me. Kill them, Lord. Take their house, their car, everything that they got. Amen. No, that's not what he means. So we're going to walk in maturity. We're not going to have people getting offended every hour on the hour. And dear Lord, we've had it before. People get offended over anything. My God, it's amazing how people can go to church for 30 years and still be spiritual babies, for God's sakes. But we're growing up. I'm not dealing with babies, praise God. I'm dealing with an adult. Some of you may be adolescents right now, but I'm bringing you into adulthood, praise God. I may take your car away. I may take something away when you're misbehaving, praise God. I may spank you if you're young. But God promised me a long time ago that there will be a group of people who rise up, praise God, and they will start operating the things of God. They're going to get a revelation of God in me, the hope of glory, and that Christ lives on the inside of them, and that Jesus that once walked the earth is going to walk through the earth through the inside of people again, that people are going to think Jesus has returned, and he has through the inside. It's no longer that I live, but he lives in me, praise God, and the life that I live, Jesus is living through me, praise God. And now I'm not only living by my faith, but I'm living by the faith of the Son of God. I mean, that's probably above yours. Yeah, and that's where we're headed. That's what's going on. That's what we're going into. Don't get depressed. Don't get down and out. Don't get to a place where I've heard that again over and over again. I hear the same thing. No, because we're growing into that place through revelation, and it's got to start somewhere. Why not here? Why not in our own lives? Why don't we walk with the fire of God? Why don't we, why don't we disturb other Christians? You can disturb other Christians just being around them. When the chatter starts about everybody being a loser and you say, praise God, I'm a king, glory to God. I walk in health every day. I walk in the power. You can't say that. You don't know that. Yes, you do. It's right in here in the book, praise God. And that's why this book is so important. I'm telling you right now, it is food. Jeremiah one time got to a point where they came to him and they wanted to ask him a question and ask him what it was. And he said, I don't want to talk. I'm not going to talk. But there was, the word was in me like a fire. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. And it was in me burning. And pretty soon he said, I just cut loose. I'm sorry I did, but I just, I just left it fly. When the word of God gets in, it's like that. Come on. When it's on the inside of you and it's circulating, and it's just, it's waiting on another victim. Waiting on another person who comes up with a sad story. Wonder if that person who's sick and down and out. Wonder if that person who's been a Christian for 30 years and don't think there's any more to it. This never ends, I'll tell you what. Everybody thinks they arrived. Are you kidding me? I've been in this forever, and I've barely scratched the surface of what's going on right now in my own life. Is it there? Yes. Do I have to fight the war going on in my soul? Yes. There's a battle going on up there. Be complacent. Don't worry. Just go through another day. Don't worry about it. Don't make anybody mad. Da, 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 da. But that's not the war we're fighting. We're fighting the, the war with the word. The Bible says you can't live by bread alone. You've got to live by the word of the God. And as you put that word of God in, it's going to start bringing revelation into you. And you ever, ever been in a service where you had a lot of ash on you? but it's too bad because you satisfied somebody that had no ash. 
And every time the pastor said, hey, we're spirit-filled, she'd go, wow, praise God. You think, what an idiot. What is the matter with her? Was she drinking all night or what? Jeez. Then you try to find a different seat. No, the only problem is she's ashless. And she's embarrassing your ash. Oh, yeah, that's good there, too. I like that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, she just doesn't have to do that. You can still love God and not jump up and yell hallelujah. My God. And pretty soon you'll just be happy when she just sits down and yells hallelujah. Then you'll be happy when she sits down and don't say anything, and then she'll be acceptable to you again. No, check your ash. You need to check your ash. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't do it. We don't want no more ash people, praise God. We want people on fire for the power of God. When you come here in the morning, maybe you're a little down, but just lift your hands and praise and worship God for two seconds. And all at once, here comes the goosebumps back, and they're right there. Maybe you had a tough week. Just creep that stuff off and move on, praise God. That's why we do praise and worship. And you notice we do up-temple. We do word of God, praise and worship. We don't do any of those feely. Oh, God, help me. I'm dying again on Sunday. Send your spirit, please. No, the spirit's already here. Come on, you're not your feelings and emotions. You're a spirit being on the inside that's full of the power and the anointing of God. You're exactly like God wanted you to be made, created, and to do things. And praise God, we're starting to understand what we're here for and what we're going to do. Praise God. So get on fire. Get on fire. Get that ash out of there. You know what's ashy and what's not? I'll tell you what, there's ashy people. And they've got plenty of ash. They can throw some of their ash on you. So you've got to decipher that. Do you try to help people? Yes, but not 42 times. Here's what you're supposed to do. Do it. If they come back and say, did you do it? They say, no. Okay, just go back over what we went over before and try it again. See, if you're not going to do what people are going to tell you to do to get out of your mess, then what's the point of telling them? I'll tell you what the point is. They want you to hear their story. They want you to hear their story. Going to write a book about their stories and everything. We might as well go into books, too. There's some books out there you, you could read that ain't going to help you at all. Right. A lot of them put you in the Old Testament. You're Job. Poor old Job. Me and Job. Losing everything. Down and out. We're down. Well, if you're going to be Job, then come out on the other side where Job got everything back. Amen. Where he never gave up his faith in God. He never complained about anything. He kept going forward and doing what he was going to. Everybody wants to get on this side of Job, but nobody jump on the other side of it. See, there's an ashy Job, and there's a Job Job. And everybody wants to be with the ashy Job, because it's easy to be an ashy person. It's easy the way things are going on on the outside and in the world and in your life and things like that. Things happen, praise God. But sometimes you just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You've got to grab onto the Word of God, and you've got to hang on to that Word of God. You've got to say, Father, bless God, you said it, and now it's up to you, and praise God. And I'm just going to hang on to that Word, praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. What we went through with Cassie, I'm telling you right now, it, is a, it, it was a faith builder. 
How, I mean, you know, to talk about feelings fighting your faith, my God. Feelings can really rear up and go nuts before it's over. And you just got to hang on, and you got to watch this jawbone. I'm not going to go any further than that because I said it once. I'm probably already in trouble. Yeah, you got to watch his jawbone because you can't believe God and then talk like you don't believe God, then believe God, then talk like you don't. Make up your mind. Is God telling the truth or is he a liar? It's very simple. Is God lying? God said he healed me. Is he lying or telling me the truth? Well, he's probably telling me the truth. So if he is, then I'm healed. Why are you healed? Because he said I'm healed. Do you feel healed? He said I'm healed. You don't look healed. He said I'm healed. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to get to a place where we actually believe the word. One thing to know it, one thing to read it, but it's another thing to finally believe it. And that's where your fire stays in. There's a fire that burns on the inside of you. Each and every one of you, I know, that's why you're here. Because there's a fire in you. If you didn't have a fire in you, you wouldn't be here. You'd be someplace else. You'd be a place where they give out, you know, gas cards for $5. You'd be someplace where they got coffee mugs with their pastor's picture on. Or you'd be someplace else. But you're here for one reason at all. And notice, look, we didn't all come from the same New Washington, Ohio. How many in here are from New Washington, Ohio? Nobody! We all came from different places, different countries, different ways. Why? Because God knows how to bring people together from... What's the chances? What is the chances of me being here and you being there? About zero. But there here it is. Right here it is. What's the chances of that guy who comes through that financial transaction just being saved for two weeks and needing something to help him along? What's the chances? Matter of fact, he was nice guy and 37 and single for you ladies. <laughs> I got his email and his phone number. If you'd like it, I could. No, he was a very nice guy. As a matter of fact, now listen to this. He was from Miami, Florida, 37, never been married. I said, are you dating anybody down there? He said, not in Miami. I said, why is that? He said, everybody's morals are too bad. I about fell down. I said, what? What did you say? He said, their morals are too bad down there. I thought, my God. I've never heard anything like that before in my life. Yeah, so he must, even before he was saved, must have had some kind of raising in his life to know that that kind of stuff was no good. So praise God, hallelujah. So if he can have that understanding and not even be born again, how much understanding can we get through the word of God and the revelation that God wants to give us? He wants to get the revelation over to you. He wants the gifts of the Spirit to flow out of the inside of you. Ted is not a special person who gets up here and talks every now and then, and you don't have to do it in front of people. You can do one-on-one, -on -one, you can do one-on-three, you can do whatever God gives you a word to say to somebody, you can say it to somebody, do you see, from God. And you don't even have to say, thus says the Lord. You can just spit it out there, and you know it's from God, and if they know it's from God, you'll see a change. It's like if you look in their eyes, a light bulb goes on. There's people who, way back when, when we were at the other church, a long time ago, we had something called cell groups. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Talk about ash. There was ash everywhere. They basically just split up into little groups, and we had our own little group, and they gave us eight people who were, dear Lord Jesus, ashy. And we had to meet with them like once a month or once every two weeks or something. I'll tell you, when they came, came to your house and over and over again told you about everything that was going wrong in their life, everything was happening, and you'd sit there, and after they drained you, you tried to help them. And then they come back in two weeks, and they were just as bad or worse as when they came in again. But that's what we were supposed to be doing and, and all that stuff. But praise God, you know, I don't, no, if that's the answer either, I think it's just to people whose heart is right. How I many of it's got all to do with your heart? 
Because your heart basically controls your desires. And if your desire is for God, then you'll go for God. If your desire is for everything else, you'll go for everything else. But we always talk about seeking first the kingdom of God and his right alignment with him, and everything will be added unto us. So we don't have to worry about the added things as long as our priority is in the right spot. And that priority in our life is seeking God first and keeping that fire alive on the each and every one of us. How many know praying in tongues is a fire lighter? Yeah, it lights a fire on the inside of you. Does your mind like it? Absolutely. You want to talk about the war of your soul? I'm going to pray in tongues for 30 minutes. You'll pray three, check your watch, and think you're done. Because your mind will say, well, you've been praying a long time. You're doing no good anyway. Nobody can understand what you're saying anyway. You can't even understand what you're saying. Why are you doing that? Why would you pray like that? Why are you wasting your time and you could be doing other things? You could be reading or you could be doing something with somebody else. And there you are, praying in tongues all the time. It doesn't make any difference anyway. God can't even understand that. The devil can't even know. Nobody understands what you're doing. You're just gibberishing all the time, gibberishing over and over and over again. And you're trying to pray in tongues. See, there's a war going on right now. And this war has been going on for a long time, and somebody's going to have to start winning this war of the mind in the hour and the day that we are living here. Revival on the Treasure Coast, there's a possibility for revival everywhere. It's in our hearts and in our lives. It's on the inside of us, praise God. So that war, I fight it every day. How many of you fight it every day? How many of you don't get too many breaks, do you? No, it's coming, but it's a fight every day, and we want to get through that. We want to overcome that. We want to do that. And how do we do that? We do it by staying in the Word of God. We stay it by praising God in the midst of hell, by thanking God in the midst of hell, by talking the things of God and praising Him. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will enter His courts with? See, thanksgiving and praise. We stay right there, thanksgiving and praise. Well, that didn't go too good today, Lord, but I just thank you for it because I know it's all going to work out right and blah, blah, blah. Uh, thank you, Lord, for healing me. It uh, doesn't matter what my body feels like today. I just want to give you praise and glory that I'm healed today for the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And there's a scripture even in Acts. Dear Lord, it's 10 after 12 already. I never even got to the first scripture again. That guy don't put any scriptures. Doesn't even read the word. Jesus. Unbelievable. This world's unbelievable. And going back to this just for a second, everybody needs to be in a local church. I'm sorry, that's the way it is. Uh, I don't have to have 42 scriptures to do it. I don't have to tell you that, that God gave the fivefold ministry for a reason. It didn't expire. It's not gone now. We don't need them anymore. Yeah, we need them, praise God. Break down the word for you to prophesy over you, to do those things that are there, to apostle you. Praise God. I told Becky pretty soon I'm going to get a hold of some pastor and start apostling. And I'm not saying I'm right all the time. I'm just saying I'm right whenever I preach the word. It doesn't have to do with feelings and emotions. It's got to do with who we are. So, yeah, you need to be in a local body. You need to have fellowship. You need to have somebody you can call when you've got a problem and check out other than the pastor all the time. And that's why it behooves me to grow people up. Is that a scriptural word, behoove? Why? Because when there's stuff going on in the body, a lot of times it never gets to me. It gets to Luann, it gets to Latasha, it gets to all these other people, and they take care of it, see? I don't want to raise a whole kindergarten class forever. See, you want to raise people up. And you've got that ability. You've been here a while. You know what's going on. You know what God wants you to do. You know it's in your heart and in your mind, and it's in there. You can't get it out of there. You can ignore it. You can say it's not there, but it's there. The call of God's going to stay on the inside of you the whole time you're on this earth, whether you like it or not. It's already in there. Just believe in the ability that God has given each and every one of us. And when he's given us this ability, you can do whatever God wants you to do with the ability that he's already placed on the inside of you. But we're going to proclaim this in Ashless May. 
cashless, praise God. That's right. Tell them, kids. That's right. Look, look how worried they are today. Look at He's just worried about whether he's going to get any milk. He can barely take it. What's he got to What's he got to eat? Is he going to have any food, anything on the floor? Is that a ball? Doesn't make any difference. Yeah, that's how we're supposed to be right there. As little children, praise God. So keep away from the ash. Look at the person on your right say, get away from the ash. Look at the person on your left say, get to be ashless. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your anointing, Father. I thank you that we are a group of people who are rising up with you. Lord, we are taking our position in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. We thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we thank you that we live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Holy Spirit, I thank you for convicting us every time thoughts come across our mind that are not aligned with the word of God, that take us out of the righteousness of God. I thank you that we cast down every thought and every imagination that tries to exalt itself against the glory of God. And we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives in this area. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll see you Wednesday night at 730. the kingdom